So I have a joke. Oh, a joke. Yeah, I have a joke. So you ready for this? Let's hear it. Did you know that Bruce Lee had a vegan brother? Did he know? Do you know his name? No, what's his name? Brocco Lee. Yep. Uh huh. You're welcome. <laughs> no, that's good. I needed to know that. Thanks. You you are so very welcome. I'm glad I could enlighten your day with my stupid joke. <laughs> and that's gonna sell us off for today's podcast episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back. You had that stupid joke. I'm. Ho- I hope that made your day as much as it just made mine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's Brad. I'm Blue. We are BNB Anime. Today we are going to be discussing. I want to eat your pancreas. We have had a week because of it. Uh, yeah, I was a crying little bitch all day yesterday at time of recording. Did you cry at all because of this? I'm curious. I did, but not as much as I thought I was gonna. I think- you see, knowing you, I didn't expect you to cry at all. So the fact that you cried, because, I mean, I knew going into it that I was going to cry. I bawled my eyes out over the light novel. Mm-hmm. So I was genuinely curious, like- how you would react to it because i know you're not much of a crier no well i cry at stupid things you know like i don't cry when you're supposed to cry i cry when you're not supposed to and i think i didn't cry when i was supposed to during this either i think i cried later than i was supposed to cry Mm-hmm. if that makes sense it does but at the same time i cried multiple times throughout this yeah yeah, because I think during the one part where you're supposed to cry, I think I was just so shocked by what happened that mm-hmm. I that just took over any other kind of emotion. Yeah, yeah, I could see that because it really is. We'll get into it later, kind of what happens. But this film is like a wild ride of shit. Yeah, yeah, because in my mind, I th- I think this is not going to spoil anything if I say this. I think people who are who know are going to know, and people who don't know are going to be confused. So I, I'm hoping that's the way it comes out. But in my mind, when I got to that part, in my head I thought it was going to be more like a bunny girl senpai kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Oh, no, it does. Like, yeah. 100%. Because even though it foreshadows leading all the way up to it, and you know going into it what's going to happen, because the film starts off, like, in the future. Yeah. And then it cuts back. Like, mm-hmm. it it starts at the big event in the film, mm-hmm. and then you immediately find out, like, what the reasoning is behind everything right after that. Yeah. So, there's, like, you spend the whole film thinking one thing's gonna happen, and then shit just goes sideways. Yeah, but it still leads to the same kind of situation. It's, it's, uh, it's, everything happens that's supposed to happen, it just doesn't happen in the way that you're expecting it to. Exactly. But before we get into that, how's your week been? Oh, uh, actually pretty hard labor. <laughs> I have been helping my dad put together our flower beds in the back garden. I think I spoke about this on a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. Where we are combining, we have these little, like, um, raised flower beds in the back garden that are surrounded by, like, wood planks i guess would the beams would beams maybe i don't mm-hmm. know yeah and we have been combining a couple of them because we took there was one section where it was like it was close to the deck and the two race flower beds were like pressed against the deck and then there was a small puddle pond i remember talking about that the puddle pond and we got mm-hmm. rid of that and then we filled that in and connected the two beds on either side but then along the back fence there was also two individual beds 
and then we have a gate and then another bed on the other side of the gate. And um, on the one side, we have combined those two beds together as well to make one really big bed. So we this week, uh, me and my dad spent the vast majority, he had the week off, so we spent the vast majority of the week getting those beams in place, drilling holes in them, leveling them, screwing them all in, and then doing the backboard so none of the soil went through the back of the fence, and then getting one of those huge, like, meter-cubed things of soil delivered, and then just shoveling mm-hmm. into the into the bed. So I have a couple cuts and bruises on my hands from just, like, scraping them on things, you know? And um, my dad nearly throws back out. <laughs> Damn it, dad. Right, I know, right? He's always, his back's the one thing. Like, he's got good knees, he's got good hips, he's got good ankles, but his back is what he always throws out. And, uh, and yeah, he, we got to, like, the middle of the week and uh, of the week that we were doing it. We weren't actually doing it on a Monday to Friday. So when I say the middle of the week, we were doing it over a week, but we started on, like, a Thursday. So it it didn't make any sense logically during weekdays but you know what i mean halfway uh-huh, through yeah sure yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> halfway through the process um my dad was like oh i don't know if we're gonna be able to to continue I, i'm my back's really sore um and then the next day we had a thunderstorm so uh he had to take it off anyway because we're not working during a thunderstorm that's not happening i i said no yeah no that 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 wouldn't be wise <laughs> yeah so um yeah, we, we then picked it up again and we got it finished. It does kind of feel like it needs even more soil, even though we had that giant thing in it. But um, yeah, I don't know. It'll probably do for this this season and then maybe I'll help dad put some more in next season if I'm around during the summer. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty much it. One of the dogs tried to drig up, d- drig, dig up <clears throat> my uh, oregano. I have a feeling it was Tilly because of the pore size. So... Leave it to Bean. Yeah, she got lovingly scolded. <laughs> it's, it's, you can't scold a dog, like, after the fact, you know? So mm-hmm. you just have to, like, give them pets and look at their face and tell them that they're stupid. And then they don't understand. They think they're just getting pets. But you get to get your aggravation out while st- still giving them cuddles. It's, <laughs> it's like, you bad, you banned. You yeah, said in the it. most proper way possible. <laughs> uh-huh, that's exactly what I was doing to her. I was like, you little shit, how? <laughs> See, isn't it funny how you can say whatever you want, but as long as you say it happily, the dog is as happy as could possibly be. Oh, yeah, yeah, she wiggles the whole time, and you could call her anything. It's like, yeah. my brother calls her Tildo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I most of the time I just call her Silly Tilly. Um, but yeah, my brother, anything that's like Till, he tries, my brother tries to like make work. So like um, Tilda Swinton, I think she's an actress. She was the White Witch in Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he calls her that sometimes. Although I get mad at him for that one because the, my, one of my only re- real recollections of her is the White Witch from Narnia, and that kind of has, like, childhood scariness attached to me. So I'm like, nah, mm-hmm. you can't call my dog that. Um, so <laughs> just just give George one from me. Mm-hmm. Tilly Bob Thornton. <laughs> oh, no, because that's, that's going to that's gonna go into the whole, like, like anything Billy now is going to be 
Oh god. Yeah, I'm surprised. You know, um, oh, what's her name? Rose from Doctor Who. She was a Billy. Billy. I've got Billy Holiday in my head and Billy Eilish, but no, she's a Billy. Oh, I can't remember her name. That's really annoying. Have you ever watched Doctor Who? Nope. I've seen absolutely none of it. So, Doctor Who fans, feel free to scold me in the comments. <laughs> That's your Star Wars. Pretty much. Yeah. But yeah. you see, with Star Wars, there is very little in comparison to how much Doctor Who is. So for Star Wars, you have no excuse. Whereas Doctor Who is the one piece of the fucking sci-fi fandom. Yeah, but like, I also grew up watching Doctor Who. Like, it, I was watching it before I was conscious, you know? I was going to say, I think that's more like an English thing, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, I'm so surprised how big it's gotten over here in North America since kind of like Matt Smith era. Mm -hmm. Like, people just went nuts for it. I guess it was put on Netflix or something, and then people went crazy for it. Yeah, because I remember whenever Netflix became a thing, like, Doctor Who just fucking boomed. Yeah, yeah, because I used to talk about it when I was in middle school, and I used to be like, oh, have you seen the latest, like, the Christmas special of Doctor Who? And everyone was like, what? And then by the time I got to high school, everyone was coming up to me and being like, did you see Doctor Who? And by that point, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching North American shows and I stopped watching Doctor Who. So So listen, have you seen the latest episode of Naruto? Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Naruto. Let's just go yeah. let's just go watch Doctor Who. Let's just go watch Doctor like Who. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. No, because Christopher Christopher Eccleston is is kind of my doctor and anything past that gets a bit fuzzy for me. Because he only did one season as well, but, like, that's the prominent season of my youth. See, my favorite doctor is that one doctor from that one time. Yeah, that one's my favorite. That one doctor <clears throat> that was also in Harry Potter. Was there one that was in Harry Potter? Yeah. Um. So, you know, Barty Crouch Jr., the dude who, like, licks his lips all the time? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's also a doctor. Huh. Oh, you know what? I feel like I know that. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. British trivia. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah how, what about you how have you been uh it's been a fun week so on the rp server i have taken over part of the criminal investigation division of the los santos police department which <laughs> is hilarious because another character is the head of the russian mob so you know that's not that's not game breaking uh, at all yeah i was gonna say wait they trust you with that well I, the, the whole police department loves me as a Russian character because the Russians don't get into shit at all. Mm -hmm. Like we literally just controlled the drug trade. Well, now the Russians have full control over the whole criminal system. So we now run the drug trade and the firearms trade. Mm -hmm. However, due to us taking over all of those responsibilities, we are no longer allowed to go to war with other gangs. We are to be the true neutral party. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, cool, we can get filthy rich, fuck around, and don't have to worry about getting in shootouts with everybody else. But at the same time, since all the police love me and the admins love me, they're like, you want to do something else? Because all you do is just ride around with your friend Jesse and just occasionally get into shit. And I was like, well, what do you what do you have in mind? Like, you want to join CID and investigate all the other gangs as long as you don't meta it? Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to do that. So it's been fun learning how to be a cop again. I feel like all those years of criminal justice weren't wasted. <laughs> I can use them in gaming. Yeah, who would have thought? 
and the launch of the 1.0 version of the server is coming up soon. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling I'm going to start like hardcore streaming it whenever that happens, just because everything will be fully utilized and good to go and there won't be as many hiccups. Mm -hmm. So kind of waiting on that. Other than that, I bought a new book. It's by the same author that wrote I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, although I haven't started it yet because I haven't had time because work has been crazy, but it's a holiday weekend this weekend, so I will probably get some reading done this weekend. I also bought a new mic. Ah, what mic? The Yeti X. Because oh. whenever I bought the Yeti that I'm using now, it came with the podcaster arm thing. It was the podcaster bundle thing. Yeah. So it did not come with a stand. And okay. due to, I've shown you a picture of my setup and how I have like shit done and how I have the microphone being propped up on the arm on a giant all mic pop box <laughs> yeah, with like the vocal shield around it. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed whenever I'm gaming that it's causing my voice to sound really weird. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to have something that I could use just for streaming and gaming that I could sit right in front of me on a stand and not fuck with my audio quality. Because, again, I want to be able to, you know, make the RP as fun as possible for those around me. And they don't have to worry about why my voice is all over the place. But also, I'm assuming if it's that bad in the server, it's that bad when I'm streaming. So I need to kind of, you know, go about and fix that. And the X was cool and also relatively cheap compared to some other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my week. What were you going to say? Uh, oh, I was going to say that I finally finished that one book that I was talking about like three podcasts ago, The Unexpected Apprentice, I think it's called. Was that three podcasts ago? I feel like that was like five or six podcasts ago. Honestly, it was probably a long time ago um, because I did that thing where you start a book and you f read like two thirds of it in a day. I think uh -huh. I, I read two thirds of it in two days. Yeah. And then I put it down and then I thought, I'm going to finish that. And then a week went by. And then a week went by, and then I saw it on the shelf, and I thought, I'm going to finish that. And then a week went by, and a week went by. And then finally, the other day, I thought, I'm going to finish that. And I sat down, and I opened it, and then my dad went, hey, can you help me with this thing? And I went, okay. And I closed it, and then another week went by. <laughs> so you ADHD-brained it. Uh-huh, 100%. But I finally finished it. And Look it at is you go. So... Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. It is so much like The Hobbit. It is... It's actually one of those books that I'm like, if you don't know whether or not you'll like reading The Hobbit, because it is more of a, like, it's an older book, so the reading style could be more difficult to people who aren't used to reading a lot of books all the time. So if you, like, you're not sure whether or not you'll be able to sit through reading The Hobbit, read that one first. Um, the Unex Yeah, it's The Unexpected Apprentice. Uh, I can't remember the author's name. It begins with a J. I think it's a female name. I'm not sure. But yeah read that first because it's an easy read you'll get through it pretty quickly and it's so much like the hobbit that it's like the hobbit light and so you can read it and then if you really enjoyed that and you found yourself captivated by it then give the hobbit a go you know i like that the hobbit light <laughs> it, it honestly is <laughs> it's yeah there's so many things about it that i'm like that's from that series that's that's a tolkien thing that's yeah so speaking of the hobbit light I, it kind of ties in with the first piece of news I have for this week, mm -hmm. and you may be super humored by this, because I know a certain mutual friend of ours was super humored by this. Okay. So, you and I have talked about them coming out with, like, a beefed up ver version of the Switch, right? Yes. 
Do you know what they're going to be calling it? No. The Super Nintendo Switch. <laughs> oh, nostalgia. Is that, not, is that not like the most Nintendo thing they could possibly do? Whoever in their marketing department was like, yes, I would buy you a beer. Oh, 100%. Like, I'd... Whoever did that, just please let me let me take you out for drinks, yeah. please, because yeah. that's awesome. I love it so yeah. much. That's really that's that's stupidly adorable. And with that being said, though, so you know what they're going to be doing with it? What they're going to be ceasing manufacturing of the regular Nintendo Switch and just fully throwing it into the Super Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. However, even though they're stopping manufacturing of the normal one they are still going to be bumping up the price of the Super Nintendo Switch. Hmm. Money, money. I mean, definitely. But at the same time, it's kind of an odd choice to discontinue selling of what's probably their best-selling console and what's probably one of the best-selling consoles of all time. It does make me curious about um, looking back in their history as to whether or not they stopped production on, like, the Game Boy Advance when the color came out. I don't actually know which order they came out in, so... <laughs> I think it was Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SD, okay. DS, DS Lite, 3DS. Yeah. I don't fucking and know. And then Switch. No, we Wii U, then Switch. Okay, fine. But for handheld consoles. <laughs> <laughs> I was going in handheld, okay? But uh, is the Switch technically a handheld console, considering it can be displayed on your TV? Is the PSP a handheld the psp is a handheld and it does not dock no okay then i but don't that's know. also sony yeah i know but yeah the psp was a handheld the ps vita was a handheld I... has microsoft come out with a handheld i don't know i don't think they have no android phones google glass <clears throat> is that technically a handheld though considering it goes on your face it's a face hold I, at that point i would just consider that ar before mm. i would ever consider it like a handheld Mm-hmm. I really think that they went in the wrong direction with those Google Glasses. I've spoken about it before, but I feel like they should have marketed them not for being like, they should have marketed them to the travel travel geeks, to the people who, ex- like, to the techie, travel-y, young g- generation. That's I feel like they, they hit the wrong crowd, because if they had said, Google Translate on your eyeballs for when you're in a foreign country... I feel like they would have been so much more, like, usable. It would have been so much more wearable if they'd gone to businesses and startups and and other companies and been like, hey, when your employees are in a foreign business meeting, chuck this on their faces, they can see what the other person is saying. Right, but then whoever is speaking could also see what they're saying. Mm. Unless they have some way to keep people from actually what's being seen. (laughs) But then again, what do I know? Mm. But yeah, I just, I feel like they should have gone for like the more actual usable qualities. And then stupid things like you can play Pokemon Go on the go with your eyeballs. I mean, they should have done like all of that at the same time, just the full, you know, press release. Be like, you can do all of this. Also, if you ever wanted to play Minecraft in real life, yeah. here you go. Here's your opportunity. You like VR? We'll let you play Resident Evil on these. Good luck. Mm-hmm. But also, then they would have to actually throw money into Google Translate and make it work better than it actually does and not give you fucked up grammar. I don't think Google wants to invest in that. Yeah, true. I still I, f- I still feel like there's a huge hole in the market for another company to come in and do Google Glass, but better. Like if Elon Musk did it, like a face Tesla. Oh my god. Everybody everybody would be catgirls. Right? 
I thought you were going to say everybody was Kung Fu fighting. No, that's next week, but, you know, with more plot. I mean, substance. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I have no clue what we're getting into next week. Uh, To be honest, I can't even remember, and I feel like I may have thrown you into the deep end of something, and I'm kind of nervous about it. (laughs) You're, You're not prison schooling me, are you? I don't remember. I have... It sometimes feeling like when I when I watched it, I feel like I was in a fever dream. So, which have you seen Prison School? No, I don't think okay, so. Okay, good. We're we're not watching it. Great, cool. I'm gonna cut out this whole bit just so nobody can fucking try to make us watch Prison School. I refuse, and there's a reason why. But that's a that's I, a story think, for another time. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I know. I think I know, but I don't want to verbalize it in case I'm off. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. So, shall we Shall we get into the next piece of news? Yeah, I want to hear the next piece of news. So, next piece of news. Chainsaw Man's anime adaptation is going to be getting a promotional video in June. Cool. I, I don't know anything about Chainsaw Man. All I know is that I've heard that it has become absolutely massive in the manga circuit. Mm-hmm. So, the fans of the manga are, like, absolutely chomping at the bit to get an anime. Yeah, I, I can't say I know anything about it either, but I am excited. The title makes me excited. I don't know whether to expect exactly what I should expect or to expect the exact opposite, because the, you never know with manga. You you never do. However, how fitting to talk about an anime called Chainsaw Man without getting into what is going to be the saddest piece of anime news for this year. Mm-hmm. So, the creator of Berserk, Kentaro Miura, I think is how you pronounce that? Mm-hmm. He has passed away at the age of 54 due to heart complications. Oh, that's so young. It is really young. And I don't know if you knew this, but Berserk was still going on at this point. Mm -hmm. So the man that has created the manga and everything behind it has unexpectedly passed away. And you, I know the manga community was absolutely devastated by this. Yeah. But I mean, with Berserk being what it is, like, that's a huge hole in the, like, anime and manga industry as just a hole. Because that's, like, everybody knows what Berserk is in the anime world. Mm-hmm. It's like Attack on Titan, but more gory. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's definitely a very sad piece of news to happen because the dude was absolutely beloved by the anime and manga community. And so yeah. our sincerest condolences to his family. Yeah, I mean, it feels kind of silly saying this, but like F in the chat, you know? like Yeah, like major Fs. Yeah, ripping pepperonis, dude. That's Yeah, because that's, that's a, it sounds selfish to say it, and I haven't read Berserk, so I don't mean it this way at all. But with Berserk being as huge as it actually is, it's never going to have an ending now. Yeah, it's, it's like, I don't know, it. There's quite a few times within our generation so far, we've experienced some pretty impactful deaths of some really incredible artists and creators. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're getting to that age now where every single time we hear about them, they mean so much more. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't, it makes me feel like in like five years, we're going to be those old grandparents sitting in a chair looking at the obituaries in the back of the newspaper and being like oh susan's dead you know like that's but no i i totally get what you're saying it's like the older you get the more people kind of start falling off or you 
notice it more the older you get. Yeah, and it hits you more in those feels. I mean, like, I remember when Alan Rickman died and the whole world just was like, no. Yeah, the whole, like, Harry Potter-verse of all ages, just, that whole world just came to a complete end. Yeah. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. So you know for the anime and manga community, like, this is the biggest loss we've had in a long time. Yeah, yeah. And, like, 54 is so young. It really is. Um, you know who else died of a heart condition as well? Way too young. Uncle Dursley from Harry Potter. I can't remember the actor's name. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he passed away. He was having heart surgery and passed away during surgery. Didn't, uh, who was it? Uh, the guy who played Uncle Phil in The Fresh Prince, I think he passed away from something similar too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, heart condition is, is, especially in men, it goes untreated so often because- Guys don't take themselves to the doctors. I am one of those people. I am guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I find that that women naturally go to the doctors more often because it is instilled in us from a very young age because of puberty and shit that happens during puberty, but it's not insisted on uh, insisted upon the same way for gents. So I highly beg you, like I, I recommend and I like ask you, please go get a physical like once a year. It's that's all it takes. Yeah, this has been your friendly PSA to go to the hospital. Yeah, please do. You can just go get your blood pressure checked when you're in, like, a drugstore. You don't even have to book a doctor's appointment for that. Yeah, just keep an eye on yourself. Make sure everything's normal. All that yeah. fun stuff. Yeah, like, and and gents and men out there as well, make sure you're checking your junk. Because um, testicular cancer and prostate cancer are things. So if you are aware of your body, then you're able to denote when there are changes as well so so be aware of that because i think that's another thing where women are told about it more often and we're insisted upon it more often we check ourselves more often guys don't so just make sure you know what you feel like and if you feel different get it checked out exactly do the thing yeah do the things take care of yourself boys so shall we shall we get into our topic <laughs> yes we have week. tangented enough i brought up males balls so let's move on oh bollocks <laughs> oh bollocks <laughs> <laughs> so this week we're going to be discussing i want to eat your pancreas mm-hmm. now as misleading as that title may seem it's not what you think but also could possibly be what you think i don't know mm-hmm. it's like um uh what i was just saying about chainsaw man or whatever that was mm-hmm. but one one thing you can say though is that after watching this film you will come to find out that i want to eat your pancreas is actually a phrase of endearment it is, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if... I know there are British phrases that are like that. I'm fairly certain you probably have some in the South as well, where uh, you say something that sounds horrific, but it's meant out of love. No. And then you say something that sounds really sweet, and you mean it patronizing. Like, as bless a, your heart. Yeah, bless your cottons. Yep. I use that more than I do bless your heart now. <laughs> you have rubbed off on me. How dare. Uh... <laughs> I told my mum that you use that now, and she was head over heels. She was like, "Oh my, oh, arse over tit." That's one. Um, <laughs> it's it that's it's just a saying that I learnt recently that you guys say you don't say arse over tit. You say like when you've fallen over, you say arse over tat or so, like arse over. You you don't say tit, <laughs> but then it doesn't make any sense because if you've fallen, then you fall arse over your tits. You know. <laughs> I mean, it like that phrase makes sense, and I understand that phrase. However, I'm trying to think of like what the 
what the American was. like Southern equivalent is, and I yeah, I can't. There was one I remember because I remember hearing it and thinking that's the same saying. It's just been changed, but I can't remember what it was. Um, I mean, you have the phrase of saying something's ass backwards. <laughs> what does that mean? Just it's backwards. Oh, okay. That's literally it. It's just like something is like so wrong it's backwards or some shit like that. Uh, I see what you mean. Or like head over heels as a phrase, but it doesn't mean that by any means. No. No, Uh, no, I can't remember. Oh, well. But yeah, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas is a light novel written by Yoru Sumino. It was published in June of 2015. It has a manga that was illustrated by Izumi... Kirihara, Mm -hmm. and its run was from August of 2016 to May of 2017 for a total of two volumes. It has a live-action film called Let Me Eat Your Pancreas, and the anime film was directed by Shinichiro Yushijima. Mm -hmm. The studio that made it was Studio Voln, and trying to go through everything that they've made the most noticeable one that I've seen out of all of their works is I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. Because mm-hmm. it's the only one that I know of that has actually gotten a U.S. release out of everything that they've made. But what a way to fucking make a debut in the U.S. Yeah, right? Because this film, man, whenever we went to go see it in theaters, like it was a fairly packed out crowd. Yeah, I can imagine it being so because it's a fairly... Um palatable concept with an eye-catching title Mm -hmm. it's beautiful and it doesn't attach to anything else so you don't have to feel like you have to have been a fan of a franchise or watched a series or anything before you go and see it yeah it literally just came out of left field like i just remember a trailer being suggested to me on youtube Mm -hmm. and i was like huh what is this and i was like based on novel written by so and so and i was like huh Never heard of that person. Let me go check out the light novel. And then I read the description and I was like, I'm going to buy this. Mm-hmm. And so I ordered it on Amazon and got it and read through it. And by the time I was done, like I immediately got hooked. I read it in one day mm-hmm. and just, man, like I f- absolutely fell in love with the story. And the light novel is so different, but also exactly the same as what you get in the film. Like everything is told like, as it happens in the light novel. However, the perspectives are different. Mm-hmm. The film is told from the perspective of our main character, who is nameless until the very end. And in the light novel, he refers to himself by what who is speaking to him thinks of him, or what he thinks they think of him. Because mm-hmm. it's established early on in the film with his interactions with Sakura that he has a hobby of, you know, his perception of people is what he thinks it is or <laughs> his per- what he believes his how he is perceived by other people is what he thinks of himself as to them, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, that's a whole jumbled mess of words just to <laughs> try to get to a point anyway. Yeah, basically, he, he's he's just really insecure. And oh, he's projecting. very. But. It's told entirely from his perspective, and it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, especially in the light novel, just to see how his perspective changes on things, mm-hmm. and like how what people think of him as changes throughout the film as well, especially mm-hmm. Sakura. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, man, like this was a very enjoyable watch, even though this is the 
fifth or sixth time I've seen the film. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I still cried my eyes out because I messaged you yesterday and I was like, I'm such a crying bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So that's all. That's all the background. Shall we? Shall we get into the story before we just start gushing? Or yeah. I'm going to be gushing. Okay. Over yeah. Everything. Well, uh, it is rated a 4.5 on Anime Planet out of 5 and a 8.59 out of 10 on my anime list. So both websites rate it pretty darn highly. Um, and it is a PG-13 as well, which I feel like is fair. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. I uh, am going to put a general trigger warning out there for it. There, it. It does have to do with themes of terminal illness, uh, which is the main plot line of the, the the film. So if that is something that does, like, concern you, then this is one to miss. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of things later on throughout the, the film that are uh, relevant to need trigger warnings as well, but I don't want to necessarily verbalize them because it could spoil things for people who, you know, don't know what's going to go on. So I do recommend that if you are concerned about trigger warnings, go onto Wikipedia or onto a site that describes the movie in detail and read through the description yourself um, if you are concerned about later trigger warnings. But yeah, the that trigger warning about terminal illness is the main plot line of the entire film, so it's definitely not a spoiler. And I know one of those future trigger warnings that you're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. However, we will get to that because, yeah. again... I'm sure you remember the conversation we had about that one scene. Mm-hmm. It's not what you think it is. Well, I think I know where they were trying to go with it. Like, I think I probably interpreted it differently than I would have if you hadn't had that conversation with me the first time. Because mm-hmm. I looked at it and I was like, okay, I think I know what they were trying to go with with this. Yeah, because... And the only reason I have that concept and why I try to explain that to people beforehand going into it is because I saw it in theaters and I know what happened in the light novel in my head and the perspective that it's coming from. Mm -hmm. So I know how it's supposed to be. But then after I saw the perspective of how the film is told, I had a realization of, oh, fuck. That's going to look really bad. This seems like that, that looks so much worse. Yeah. And how it actually is. And I could like visibly, or not visibly, but audibly hear people gasp whenever it happened in the theaters. And I was like, oh God, oh no, that's not how that's supposed to be. Oh no, like don't, don't get that in your head. Like he's not a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I feel like I know what they were trying to do with it. And I, I don't really know how you could not do it that way with the perspective that they went with. I, mm-hmm. unless he like, started talking to himself or something. I don't know. But um, I feel like I know what he was, what they were trying to go with it. Yeah. Like he should have, they should have given him an internal monologue. Yeah. Something. Point. Something. Like whenever it happened, like he should or have even had, had internal her, monologue. They could have had her like say, this is what you were trying to do. Yeah. But it's never, <laughs> it's never explained. No, so it's not. It, if you haven't read the light novel or you don't know what's going to happen, it's going to leave like a sour taste in your mouth for the, main character and it's not like i can't say that if i were in his situation i would have done the same thing but i got where he was coming from like well, it made I, it, sense i'm just as aggravated at her as i am at him in that situation because she also pushed his boundaries but we will get yeah. to that oh yeah 100 mm-hmm. uh they were both as bad as each other 
but yeah, so it's it's a story about Sakura, who is a high school girl. She's 17 years old, and she has been diagnosed with some kind of terminal illness to do with her pancreas. That is the title. <laughs> it's, it's explained very quickly. And she then interacts with and meets one of her classmates kind of for the first time. I mean, she's obviously known of him, but they have never really known each other properly because he is a very like quiet bookworm, you know, not involved, socially interactive other with other kind of people kind of person. He just sticks to himself and they bump into each other and it's about her trying to break his walls down and get him out of his shell while also dealing with the fact that she is a very young person going through all of the horrors of having a terminal illness and wanting to just live her life as best as she can. And also her very specific relationship that she has with him because of what he knows in comparison to what other people know and how he treats her because of his social ineptitude that means that she's able to have like normal but knowledgeable interactions with him in comparison to other people. I, I don't feel like that's spoiling anything. Maybe it is. No. no? Also, okay. this is not your line April. By any means, we get it. We get it. Sounds close if you know the plot and how your line April ends. This is not your line April by any means. Yeah, there are a lot of comparisons to that kind of thing, but I just feel like it's the same genre and say like say. I mean, what do they say? There's only like seven different stories, and they they can only be told so many different ways. Like, isn't that a thing? Like, there's only mm-hmm. a handful of different stories. It's just the same story, just refaced. Yeah, and yet it's told in a very beautiful way. Like, I I adored everything about this film or about the light novel. Again, the light novel shook me to my absolute core to where I bawled over it. Mm-hmm. Like, my physical copy is tear-stained, not just, you know, from the way they made the light novel, but due to me and my tears. Mm-hmm. So this is CGI, right? Uh, I think some of it might have been CGI, but I think a lot of it was hand animated. Yeah, I think I think it's a blend of the two from what I could tell. But either way, it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And there are times whenever it's a lot more beautiful than others. It's mm-hmm. simple when it needs to be, whenever the story itself is telling what it needs to tell. Mm-hmm. But then whenever it gets beautiful, like, they really are just having a time with it. Like the library? Oh my god, those books. And the fucking cherry blossoms, man. Yeah, yeah, Like that walk through the cherry blossoms, which is gorgeous. And the fluidity of the characters' movements are so elegant. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, did you watch the end credit scene? I did, yes. Okay. I meant to message you and tell you to make sure you watch it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, it's very easy to miss, because most anime films don't have an end credit scene. Yeah, yeah. So I was very shocked that this one did. Mm -hmm. It's not very big either, so I feel like you could, like, hover your mouse over the the bar, scroll bar thing, Mm -hmm. and um, you might miss it, because it's it's really, it's only a few seconds long. But it's quite impactful. Um, So make sure you watch for that if you haven't seen it. And what else should I say before we put on the spoiler chicken hats? Uh, yeah, grab a box of tissues <laughs> if you're going to watch it. Um, I don't know if you're going to cry. I only shed a couple of tears. But uh, I know that, like, I know I have friends that I know sat there and just sobbed. So I, depending on how it impacts you, where you are in your life, how your day has gone, you never know. That there. is me. I am friends. Yes. 
Like, I, I no joke, like, I pulled my hood up over my head and pulled the strings in the yeah. theaters, and Tree did the same thing. Aww. Tree didn't cry. It almost broke him, but we were sitting there right beside each other. We both just slowly pull our hoods over our heads and just yank the strings. Aww. Well, I'm sitting there just sobbing my eyes out, man. Like, it hurt so much more to actually watch it than how I read it. Yeah. But at the same time, I still feel like I cried almost the same amount from mm-hmm. all of it. It was, man, mm-hmm. it was, it's a really good time. Yeah, it's it's a good film. I do recommend giving it a watch. I think it's worth the high ratings that it's gotten on both sites. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I recommend it. I think it's one of those ones that, because it's kind of a complete package, you don't get any more, you don't get any less, and it's just the one film, and it's really, like, done that way i mean obviously you could read the light novel and stuff but like you know what Mm -hmm. i mean for content wise it's kind of just the film i feel like it's a really good taster into more slice of lifey emotional type animes so if you are it's one of those you can show it to anyone yeah and like give them a taste of what anime is Mm -hmm. it's it's one of those ones where it's like if you know someone whose impression of anime is Pokemon and Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon. This gives them a whole different perspective. Mm -hmm. But also, if you know someone who only watches, you know, (laughs) Gundam, Magical Girl, I don't know, like, very different styles of anime, this is one to give them a taste test before jumping into something like Your Lion April, you know? Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, I just feel like that kind of says it all from that perspective, because it's very... It can be an introduction to a lot of things in the anime world, either the slice of life genre in general or anime as a whole. Yeah. Because it has everything you could want with it from a compelling story to beautiful animation to where the music was excellent. Mate, that fucking intro scene, like after that, like how it opened, just that OP scene was just phenomenal. And, um, can we talk about her shorts and blouse combo? Like, I would, I want that outfit. <laughs> yeah, like, just that whole outfit from the trip, uh, yeah. out of town was just awesome. Yeah, I want that. I would wear that. It's so cute. Yeah. Alright, spoiler chicken hats before we just sit here and gush and accidentally spoil some shit. Yes, yeah, check them on. Yeah, chicken hats. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, yeah, so... Let's jump into the, the, the scene that we're going to probably spend the most time talking about. So we have Haruki and Sakura in her bedroom after they have come back from the trip a little while. He's kind of been berated by the classmates for quite a while. His self-esteem is on a pretty heavy low at the moment from everyone kind of berating him. He also is very conflicted by his emotions right now because he's realizing that he cares for her more than he initially thought that he did and also she has been putting out flirtatious signals towards him and he he knows that he can't really get romantically involved because she's gonna die soon but he also can't help his own feelings so we're in her room and she decides to push him up against a wall and go to kiss him but then laughs it off as a joke but clearly made him incredibly uncomfortable pushed him past his boundaries and then he reacts to that situation by pushing her down on her bed and pinning her down, basically. Yeah, and again, so, and that's a really weird, like, spot to jump into 
to start off the spoiler chicken hat part. However, <laughs> yeah, like the whole journey of the story is our main character getting like his whole world is changed by, by Sakura. Her. Like him interacting with her. Like she basically made it her mission from the time that he found out that she was dying. Like she wanted, like she made it her personal mission. I don't think the film explains it as well as it did in the light novel. Mm -hmm. But the second he found out, she knew that she wanted to make sure that he would be able to make friends. Yeah. Like she made it her mission to where he would be able to actually get close with people and at least be able to open up and hopefully make friends and eventually find a relationship because she was very interested in him, not necessarily from a romantic standpoint, but they are true polar opposites of each other. Sakura is just an extrovert and goofy and loves to get into everything, whereas he's just a bookworm, quiet, like literally the social outcast of the entire class. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to interact with people. And obviously, what he thinks people think of him is nowhere close to what it actually is. Yes. Yeah. And it, it kind of is, um, throughout the film, it's, it's very much a lot of the, the nuances and relationship stuff. Like, yeah, they don't explain it clearly like I assume they do in the light novel. They, they do... There's a lot of room for interpretation, which is why I think this specific scene can be interpreted very differently to how it is to how it's it's meant to be portrayed because so, yeah it's it's not ever said like i want you to be able to make friends but it is clear that that is what they're trying to get at from her perspective mm -hmm. and it's also quite clear i think that neither of them really are romantically inclined to each other because he very much stated that she was cute but like not her his usual type she he like isn't necessarily romantically inclined with him but like they both are in a very heavily emotional situation completely dependent on each other and they're teenagers and i think that even in the film i think it explains that they're at the end like they both have feelings for one another but they yeah. don't want to express it yeah because they don't want to you know put that burden on the other yeah because i wouldn't want to be that person like if i fell in love with someone who was dying I would have a hard time telling them that because, again, the burden that that would put on them and the amount of pure sadness, especially if you knew they kind of felt the same way back. Yeah. Like, that would suck. Yeah, we, the person who's ill would feel guilty. Mm -hmm. And then if they told you the same thing and anything kind of, you know, transpired from that, the guilt that both parties would feel would just be astronomical and then when eventually the one person does die then the other person feels like they have some kind of responsibility to not get with anybody else which is kind of the exact opposite of what sakura's mission was with him is that she wanted him to be able to interact with humans in any way shape or form whether that just be platonically or romantically and i feel like that would kind of work against her cause mm -hmm. and not only that but it's not the story that this is trying to tell the main focus of the story is a story of personal growth mm -hmm. for our main character because he again is very introverted doesn't want to deal with anyone in fact he just finds it a pain to deal with people because he he hasn't made up in his mind what everybody thinks about him and again it's very very prominent yes in the light novel because his name anytime someone says his name is like unassuming classmate coon or quiet classmate coon or angry classmate coon. It's 
just things along those lines Mm -hmm. that he just has it in his head that what people think about him. Mm -hmm. And slowly, as the story goes on, almost everybody's perspective, for the most part, through most of the story, stays the same. Mm -hmm. Especially Kyoko. We'll get back to her later. But Sakura just changes more and more as the story goes on. And it becomes very apparent, like, midway through the film, especially around the trip, whenever they get off the train after they finish the trip. And you finally start to see Haruki change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's whenever it becomes apparent the amount of growth that he is actually experiencing throughout all of this. And also, it was at that point, like, seeing her reaction and seeing him smile, that's what broke me the first time watching really? this through. Mm-hmm. Because, again, like, you know me, character mm-hmm. development is the number one way to my heart. <laughs> and organic character development. Not like, boom, somebody died, now we're going to have growth and put on a baseball cap or some shit. Like, none of that. <laughs> But like true organic character growth, whenever it's done right, just makes my heart happy. And to see that, knowing full well the story of all of this and like seeing like the very subtle nuances of how it all happens just tears at my heartstrings, man, because it's so good. It's masterfully done. Mm -hmm. And again, it's so sad because that one particular scene, how it's portrayed, because if you don't know how it's going to happen and you don't know the perspective of what's going on in our main character's head. Like it's, it can just taint everything. And it, you know, it hurts me to watch it just because of the reactions that I saw in the theater. So I feel like we can discuss it more after we talk about the plot leading up to that point. Yeah. I just want to just, my biggest thing in this is that I feel like they were, both as bad as each other and yeah okay Mm -hmm. he he like held her down and she just like kind of grabbed him and he froze but i still don't particularly think that one situation was worse than the other they both no like they are both 100 percent wrong yeah like everything about that was wrong however it's not portrayed as it should be no and i feel like that it because of the stigma against gents i feel Mm -hmm. like it would taint Haruki way more than it would taint Sakura. Yeah. In people's minds. And because and again, like it wasn't it wasn't supposed to come off as creepy as it did, just because of the whole situation. No. From his perspective, like again, it's like you said, like he is basically at a low because he is conflicted with all of his feelings. He doesn't like he just genuinely doesn't know how to act and she like comes on to him in such a way he has not had that kind of relationship with anyone like he has, he's never had a friend like, before yeah never had a friend never like dude hasn't been hugged by anyone outside of his parents yeah so it was just emotional overload to the point to where he blacked out like something about it just snapped in him and pissed him off to the point to where he just had to get her off of him mhm and Again, it's just a point of, like, he like he blacked out until the tears started flowing, and then it's like he came back to himself, and he's like, oh, fuck, what have I done? Yeah. Because um, he, he never wanted to hurt her in any way, shape, form, or fashion. No, and he just didn't like do anything. His brain he... just clicked off. Like, he didn't hurt her in any way, but looking at it from the outside in, from the film perspective... It looks so bad. It looks really bad. But yeah, it, it's, 
I mean, there are no excuses for his behavior, obviously. No, absolutely um, not. But there are also no ex- yeah, there are also no excuses for her behavior. She knew. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> this situation is very difficult because it clearly escalated. They both escalated each other. They both increased the situation, and neither one of them was like, "I need to step back and take a step away." But they're also mm-hmm. both teenagers, which is obviously again not an excuse, but it is a um a level of understanding to be like they don't know how to deal with a situation like this they don't know like you don't get taught in school that when somebody is escalating a situation you need to sometimes swallow your own pride and like take a step back and just walk away and mm-hmm. like those are things that you can only really learn through life experience and Haruki has had no life experience and no, Sakura, like he doesn't know how to interact with people he doesn't know like, how to she talk is to his people. one yeah, he is the Sakura is the one individual that he is interacting with outside of his parents that he has a social life with. Yeah, and so for her to do something intentionally just to get a rise out of him, like did what she did solely just to get a reaction out of him was like again they are both absolutely in the wrong mm-hmm. with what happened there. Again, it could have all just been handled in a much different way, but again in the light novel. It just comes across way better. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, Sakura's got so much shit going on through her brain as well, because she's literally dying at 17. And, like, that's not a situation that I don't think... There's only a handful of people in the world that can relate to that, you know? Mm -hmm. That kind of knowledge. I don't even think that people who are adults, or even if they're 80 years old with a terminal illness, that's not a, you know, comfortable place to be at. So... Both of their mental states at this time were incredibly toxic, and it resulted in an incredibly toxic situation. And I feel like it was, I don't feel like it was resolved as well in the film either. I feel like the resolution came, like, weirdly. Yeah. But I mean, then again, at the same time, it almost seemed like how guys deal with each other. Like, you get pissed off with one another, you throw hands, and then you're good again. And that's kind of reminiscent of what happens here in a way, just less physical. Yeah. But again, I just felt like it was, I felt like it was resolved really weirdly. But again, whenever we actually talk about how the film goes along, I feel like things might make a bit more sense because immediately starting out with that, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously we have split the chicken, ta- chicken hats on. So I'm assuming that everybody that is listening to this has seen the film. If you Hopefully <laughs> so. If not, you're going to be confused as fuck. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, okay, so let's um let's let's talk about the initial scene where they're in the hospital and um Haruki has just had his stitches out for his appendicitis and he finds Sakura's book Living with Dying. Not even that, but the film opens with her funeral scene yeah, and Haruki giving his monologue of why he you didn't know, know. Yeah. And then it cuts back to them being in the hospital and that initial interaction. Like, it immediately starts off with establishing him in his, you know, standoffish state of, oh, here's your book back. She's like, aren't you, aren't you going to say anything? Like, most people would react different finding out somebody's dying. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, I guess it's just that um, with Sakura, she has clearly been through a lot of changes in her relationships with people over the past, you know, while since her diagnosis. 
she mentions later on in the film how her relationship with her parents and family has become incredibly strained because they're trying to appear normal, but obviously it is incredibly difficult for a parent to be around their dying child. So as, ma as much as they are trying to give off the impression that everything is okay and that they're just trying to be happy to live out the rest of their days, you're not going to be able to actually act like everything is normal, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So you know what this reminds me of? What? Like their interaction and him finding out about her illness. Mm. Like the relief she must have felt must have been on par with Subaru whenever he was finally able to tell Echidna about his return by death. Mm -hmm. Like you would have to think the amount of relief there would have to be on a similar level. Mm -hmm. Just because you finally have somebody that is... Like, 100%, like, put away from the situation. Like, this is the one individual who, you know, although sucks, like, could care the absolute least about what's happening to find out. And it's like, you finally have someone that you can interact with how you want to. Like, they're not going to break down and cry over your situation. Like, obviously, they're going to feel bad. But at the same time, they're not going to, like, you know, bend over backwards to accommodate your every will, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um... It, yeah, it must have just been a huge relief for her to just, mm -hmm. and for someone it to be her own own age, someone who's in her class at school, someone who she had mentioned that she was previously, like, interested in, not romantically, but just, like, that person is strange, I want to talk to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so for them, for her to then meet this person who's like, yeah, I'm dying of a terminal illness, you found my book, you read the section of it to try and find out whose book it belonged to and everything. And, and it was mine and you saw that and you know my secret and nobody else in the class knows, my, none of my friends know because I don't want our relationship to change so I'm keeping that a secret. But now you know and you're not my family and you don't really give a shit about me either way so nothing changes. You still don't give mm -hmm. a shit about me, you know? And because of that, she then finds this attraction to him. This, this like, I want you around. You are able to make me feel normal while still giving me company. You know, like I'm I'm around another person, but you like you know the situation, but you also don't treat me any differently because you never treated me away before, you know? Like you just mm. are who you are and you're socially awkward and you're gonna remain socially awkward. Which I mean mood. Uh yeah, one hundred percent. And just seeing how they both grow together because she immediately makes it her mission to be with him as much as humanly possible like she takes the library job with him just so you know they can spend time together there and talk she starts dragging him out to hang out outside of school she makes a bucket list that she wants to complete with him yeah and they go to korean barbecue where they eat animal organs together entrails yeah awful mm -hmm. which i mean honestly though like that was just a really cool and impactful scene. Mm. Just because they're like, oh, hey. She's like, so, you know, in ancient times, you know, whenever somebody was sick and an organ was failing them, they would eat that organ just so they could, you know, because they thought it brought about healing power. So she's like, you know, I want to eat your pancreas. Title of the and film. Then, yeah, title screen. Yeah. And I was like, that, I like that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And then, like, they just continue to hang out more and more. Sakura's best friend, Kyoko, gets involved, and she's like, who the fuck are you to Sakura? Like, you don't know anything about her. She's fragile. You need to not hang out with her so much. You don't need to hurt her. Otherwise, I'm going to kick your ass and kill you. Which, honestly, that's me. So I, see, I see a lot of Kyoko in me. 
Um, because I have done that to friends, boyfriends before. I have messaged them and I have said, look, if you do shit, we're going to have a problem. (laughs) So you are that friend. I am that friend. I have been that friend. I have done that. I have messaged someone on Facebook and been like, dude, what's your deal? Like, Honestly, though, I love that because one of my best friends, she has been that way for me, Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Like, I I had a girl that would not leave me the fuck alone. Uh. And so finally, my friend Shelby just stepped and she's like, hold on, fam. I got you. And mm-hmm. she took care of it for me. So I was like, you the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs that one we friend. That or one you need friend. to be that friend if you have, you know, the balls to do it. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, I'm like that for certain people and other people I know to, like, back off of. But there are certain friends mm-hmm. that I have, especially in certain parts of their life where they just didn't have the same world experiences that I did. And Mm. that's not to say that they were, like, naive or ignorant or whatever, because they had different life experiences. But, like, I've had a very strange life. (laughs) And so sometimes I feel like I see things that other people don't see because of that. And other times I feel like I don't see things that are really obvious because I haven't had a lot of the same experiences that other people, you know, did, you know? Like, I never finished mm-hmm. high school, so I feel like that's one of those things where I'm like, I missed some things there. I, I don't understand that interaction. What's that about? Um, <laughs> Graduation? The fuck? <laughs> What's that? But, um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. If, if Watch out for your friends. PSA, watch out for your friends. Mm-hmm. We oh, love yeah. Kyoko. Don't, maybe don't be as aggressive as Kyoko and don't judge people right off the bat. Like, give people a chance. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only that, but the whole school's, like, feelings on him like was kind of tainted from the get-go anyway just because he is the standoff person that didn't want to fit in yeah but also remember i mean you can weirdos tend to be the ones that fill out your checks later on in life so true true (laughs) that is true but yeah it was it was one of those things to where don't don't be as overbearing from that from the get-go but but watch out for your friends but yeah let them make their own decisions yeah be a kyoko just to a turn down kyoko light and so as the story progresses, you start to see like little snippets. And again, if you watch the film dubbed, it's easy to miss it. But you see like news reportings and even Sakura and Haruki talk about it whenever they are on their trip together, that there's a serial killer going around, you know, stabbing people. Yes. And it's just small hints here or there. But again, if you watch it subbed, it's a lot more prominent because they're not going to subtitle something that's not going to be important down the line. Yeah, actually, they were quite sparing on subtitles throughout this um, show, this movie. I found that they Mm -hmm. didn't subtitle texts if they were going to read them. Whereas like in a lot of other animes, they will still put the subtitles of the text on screen, even if the character reads the text out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one, they didn't, or at least in the, the subbing that I watched, they didn't. Um, yeah. they, they, and it's very, it's very sparing with yeah, everything. They're, they're, they're like it only has five characters listed. Yes. If you look at the Wikipedia page, it's Haruki, Sakura, Kyoko, Gum Dude, and Haruki's mom and Sakura's mom. <laughs> Miata, Gum Dude. I gotta love Gum Dude. Gum, he's best boy. Like, he's literally keeps popping up at certain points during the film and just offering Haruki gum. It's like, hey man, you want a piece of gum? You want a piece of gum? And then, oh my god, at the end, whenever he's going to the cafe and he finally accepts the piece of gum, I'm like, yes! And then the scene after the credits? utmost level. The scene after the credits is adorable. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, 100%. Yes. Um, yeah, so that it's, it's pretty... I. I will say when I was watching it, because this is the first 
first time I've seen it, watching it for this this podcast. Um, I will say that I definitely knew something was going to happen because when you're watching subtitles, like Brad said, they wouldn't subtitle it if it wasn't important, especially considering how light they were on subtitles throughout other things. Some shows you watch, they subtitle everything. And so it wouldn't have maybe stood out as much. But for this one, I found that they didn't sub subtitle like signs on the street or like I said before, text messages or passages of books. They're quite often when they subtitle everything and sometimes they don't subtitle everything. This time they didn't. So those subtitles seemed really important. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's a thing. But then they go on a trip in like early summer break, spring break kind of time. And the trip is adorable. It is adorable. They Yeah, they get on a train, they go out and they go shopping and they just have a really cute time. And then they go back to their hotel room and there was a mix up with the booking because of course. And so they have to share a room, but they got upgraded to this like really fancy suite because there was a mix up. And so they were like, we're so sorry that we screwed up your, your bookings. We only, uh, we will upgrade you as compensation. And so they upgrade them into this big fancy suite. And they play a variation of Truth or Dare. Um, it's essentially like higher or lower with cards, mm -hmm. but Truth or Dare version. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it's just them kind of taking the time to get to know each other a bit. They they have a few drinks because Sakura is a rebel. And, um, <laughs> and they just, like, she asks him typical teenage girl questions of like, where would you rank me in the class of cuteness? Um, who do you have a crush on? And then he asks her deep and philosophical questions like the bookworm that he is. And yeah, then she dares him to carry her to the bed. And he does. He princess carries her to the bed. And it's cute and she squeals. And yeah, and then she, at the end of the night, after they spend a good amount of time getting to know each other and just like hanging out and chilling, and he gets a lot more relaxed. That's one thing you do see throughout this section is him being really stiff and uncomfortable when the interactions first start and then towards the end of the night with the aid of the alcohol don't drink underage kids <laughs> he becomes a lot more relaxed and they're able to have a lot more like free conversation and then at the end of the night she dares him to sleep next to her in the bed because he doesn't answer the truth of what are you going to do when i die or something it's like so it's the Final question she asked, because she won the last round of Truth mm -hmm. or Dare, and she asks, what would you do if I told you I was actually terrified mm. of dying? Yeah, that's it. And I don't know how it was for you, but the first time I had that question asked, I was like, like it was almost like a chill runs over you in a sense, because it's like, oh, this is real. Yeah. And you see flashbacks of him going through her purse and like finding all of her pills and needles and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just like, it finally feels real. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, like, drenched in reality. You're not in... You're not just hanging out with a teenage girl in a hotel room anymore, kid. Like, you are what she's hanging on to right now. You are grounding her. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he obviously doesn't know how to answer the truth, because, I, I mean, who would know how to answer that? Um, and so he takes the dare of laying next to her in bed. And I don't know about you, but I was sitting there the whole time being like, Hug her, roll over and hug her because they're just I mean, back to back. But yeah. Yeah. Honestly, though, like it's one of those things. Like I sat down and thought about it and I was like, you know, if I were in that situation and I got asked that question because she mentioned as soon as they first got to the room that he had to sleep in the same bed as her. Mm -hmm. Like that was going to be the rule at the end of the evening. And then it ended up happening. But like the uh, 
first thing that immediately came in my head whenever she asked that question is like, go hug her ass right now. Yeah. But like, then, like, I also, there. I so get it from his perspective because he yeah. is just completely unable to interact with other people socially. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just now, like, getting to where he can kind of open up with her mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Also, the questions that he asked her was adorable. Mm-hmm. Like, what were you like as a child? Because, you know, I want to get to know you and see if you've always been that way or if your illness has affected you in any sort of way. And so she even calls him out on it. She's like, what is this job interview? Yeah. But again, it was just like, it was a really cool interaction and everything that got asked just made so much sense. Mm-hmm. And then they wake up in the morning to Kyoko calling Sakura. is like, where the fuck are you? Why did you tell your parents you... We're going on a trip with me. I barely got my parents to convince them to lie back for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also uh, Kyoko understands that she is with Haruki. And this just kind of like ruffles her feathers even more with how she interacts with Haruki. She's like, mm. what were you doing in a hotel room with my best friend when she's lying to her parents? Like, what are your intentions? Don't be an asshole. And after that, they take the train back. And it's finally whenever they get back into town where you see Haruki slip a bit more. Mm. Because every time she asked him to go out up to this point, he was very reluctant and told her no. Or like, go out with somebody else. Like, why are you trying to drag me out? This was the first time where she was like, oh, we should go to the beach next time. And he's like, sure. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I had fun this time. Yeah. Yeah. And like her reaction of her like jaw dropping. And, like, seeing him, like, just crack that little bit of a smile for the first time in this film. Mm. Like, again, it broke me. Like, that was the first tears I had fall. It wasn't, like, actual crying. That's going to come later. But, again, like, just the first tears fell because I I didn't notice the smile the first few times watching this. Mm. Again, it might have been cynical podcast brain that was, like, looking for things that I never noticed going into this. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's, like, just the first tears to roll. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I remember, like, you just get warm fuzzies watching that scene. It's just like, oh, that's cute. Yes, Mm -hmm. we like. So, yeah, so then they kind of go back to school. Things kind of go pretty normal after that break. And uh, And then, so it's raining and Sakura's like, oh, we can't go out and do anything today. Hey, why don't you come to my house? Because I have a book that I actually like and I want you to read it called The Little Prince. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he agrees. He's like, sure, because you don't like books. So the fact that you actually have a book that you like, sure, I'm more than happy to... Yeah, and he believes that a person's favorite book tells him a lot about a person. Mm-hmm. And so they go back to Sakura's house. They play video games. And then he like he starts to get a little bit uncomfortable. So he's like, all right, let me, well, she starts let me go asking, find this book. Yeah, she starts asking him questions about um, whether or not they would actually date and he says, because he's uncomfortable, um, no. And then she says, oh, that's good, because I have always wanted to do something with a guy that I'm not dating. Like, it's another one of her bucket list things. And she's like, I want to do something naughty with a guy that I'm not in love with and I'm not dating. So he's like, all right, let me let me just get this book and get out of here. Yeah. And so he gets up and walks to her bookshelf. And that's whenever she, like, comes up behind him and just, like, collapses into him and mm-hmm. starts holding on to him and whispering into his ear, like, you know, hey, these are all the things I want to do with you since you're not my boyfriend and you're not interested in me. Yeah. And. He freezes. Yeah, he freezes, spins around, and she, like, leans in and, like, is literally inches from kissing him and then backs off. 
And then laughs and says, that's such a funny joke. Yeah. And then, again, the way it's portrayed in the light novel is different from the film. I mean, it's portrayed the same way, but you get more context in the light novel. So skip back to the beginning conversation we had about how everything that goes down, like he just snaps and like holds her down to keep her from like doing something like that to him again. And again, he had no intentions of hurting her. He just wanted to like stop her from like hurting him again because he was hurt by that. Yeah. In some way, because he like he just didn't understand like the one person that was, you know, close to him was making fun of him. Yeah. And he just didn't know how to react because, again, like he was finally getting close to her. And then she did that to hurt him and make fun of him. Yeah. And and throughout and so, all of this, he is also being heavily tormented at school. People are, are like uh, being pretty aggressive towards him verbally. And that is also proven later on. But like, yeah, it's it you see that his mental like judgment of what people think of him is coming true because of his interaction mm-hmm. with Sakura, who is considered like the class princess, I guess. She's like the one that everybody likes and wants to protect. And she's like the, the bubbly, sweet girl of the class. And so the fact that she's been interacting with him, this weirdo, you know, that stalker, they're calling him, mm-hmm. is, has been ruffling everyone's feathers throughout the class. And so his interpretation of what they think of him is coming true, even if it wasn't previously. And he has just had that all reaffirmed in his brain over and over and over again. And she is the one person who hasn't made fun of him, who hasn't, you know, joked with him in that in any way and has like taken him seriously and has been kind to him. And then she goes and makes fun of him in this way that's also incredibly personal to him because he is slowly developing feelings for her and so he holds her down and like the moment she starts crying like the second he sees tears he backs off and just runs away yeah because he's like i can't like i can't do this anymore like she's hurt i'm hurt like i just gotta get away like i'm washing my hands with the situation i'm done yeah and so he runs out the door And he is confronted by Sakura's old boyfriend, who is actually stalking Sakura. Yeah, Takahiro. Yeah. And so he confronts Harui, right? Haruki. Haruki, that's right. I I know Japanese names. (laughs) (laughs) And, And Haruki's just like, look, man, it's not what you think. Like, it's like, we're not even friends. Like, it's not what it seems. I'm just, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? Like... Obviously, like, you were just coming from her house. Like, obviously, you're not just friends. And he's like, Haruki's like, look, man, she doesn't like overbearing people. Like, that's why she broke up with her last boyfriend. Yeah, like, he also knew that they went on a trip together. Like, he knew details that I I don't know. Like, he clearly had been doing some investigating into, like, asking around at least. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think that's the kind of thing that Kyoko or um, Sakura would have been, like, talking about, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That was... Girl code was kind of like, no, you don't talk about that in a public situation. If you went on a trip that you're keeping from your parents with a boy that people don't like, you don't talk about that publicly. So it made me feel like... Mm. I don't know. My my girl code alarm kind of went off then when he was like, he knew that they went on a trip. I was like, wait, how did you know that? Because Kyoko or Sakura wouldn't have mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And so, do Dex Haruki... Mm-hmm. And is yelling at him. And at that same time, Sakura just comes rounding the corner. 
and is like, what the hell did you do to him? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, he's he's no good for you. I'm good for you. And yeah. she's like, go fucking kick rocks. Yeah. Well, like, I don't want to see you around here. Yeah. He was saying um, he was stalking you. Uh, we were just having a conversation. So he starts off just being like, oh, we were just talking. When Haruki is like on the ground opposite him bleeding, you know? Yeah. And and he's like, oh, we were just talking. And then Sakura's like, yeah, no shit. You were just talking. He's on the ground. What the fuck are you talking about? And, and then he goes... Oh, well, he's stalking you. He's harassing you. He's not good for you. I am. Why did you break up with me for him? Like, what's wrong with you? And being a complete asshole. So she, like you said, tells him to go kick rocks. And when he doesn't want to leave, she just says goodbye, which I think is such a good line. To just be like, oh, yeah. bye, <laughs> like, leave. So good. And then their interaction, like how she, like, they both admitted they were in the wrong and but she like they both also told each other at the same time that they're thankful for one another or like they're glad you know that they've gotten to know one another and i'm like oh it's so sweet but the film doesn't make it anywhere near as resolved as it should be for what happened no i feel like sakura does a lot of talking in that scene and haruki kind Mm -hmm. of just like stays kind of mopey and quiet which i can understand because he's obviously very emotionally conflicted Mm-hmm. But um, and again, like he, like they both obviously feel really bad for what happens, and I feel like that's why Sakura is more apologetic because she realized what she did. Yeah, and she also realized how bad he felt over the situation. Even though he's just like, look, like you know, go away. Like I don't want to hurt you. Yeah, I think it was one of those moments for him where he kind of realized his own person, if that makes sense. Like, he, mm-hmm. he was kind of made aware that he exists in that moment and that his yeah. actions have consequences. And she, I think, got a, another dash of reality of being like, you can't, people don't react the same way to every situation and you can't take your own pain out on another person. And mm-hmm. especially a person that you care about, you know? Like, if you want to have more interactions with the person, if you want to hang out with them again, don't put them in situations that make them uncomfortable. And... Um, So I think it was a realization moment for both of them of being like, our actions have consequences and they they hurt other people. We can hurt other people. And Haruki at this point was ready to just walk away and never talk to her again. And I think, like, I don't think she she saw Takahiro or anything that was going on. I think she she ran out of her house to find him again because she understood that Haruki would just go back to his life and Mm. she would be alone again. They would both be alone again. So I feel like she yeah. she left without yeah, she knowing. She left to go find him. Yeah. And like he, in the light novel, like he, like literally the second that he comes back to and the second that she rounds the corner and sees it, like in his head, he's immediately like reverted back to how he had it in, her, in his head of how she saw him. Mm-hmm. Like it was an immediate revert back to it. Mm-hmm. And so he literally had no intentions of like rekindling any of that but she kind of again forced the issue but again they both came to the realization that you know they both in essence need one another if they both want to grow and move on Mm -hmm. but also like please don't put your friends in toxic situations and don't put yourself in toxic situations yeah like don't don't do things like that especially if you understand like how a person is like don't do that yeah neither one of the situations were okay don't no, like it's not. Don't good be either Haruki or Sakura. Like, don't be either of them. Okay. No. No. But also, context matters. Yes, and also, I think that this is a good, a good 
scene to put in a PG-13 film because mm. the characters are 17. I feel like this was done in a way that shows how dangerous and how upsetting a situation like that can be and also shows how to avoid it and how to resolve it. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a good scene to have to open discussions for young people and teenagers of showing what's not healthy. And I don't feel like it romanticizes it in any way. No, like, again, you see it and you very quickly realize, like, hey, this is wrong on both ends. Yeah. And so, again, even though it's not resolved in the best way, at least in the film, Mm. like, it definitely brings up good talking points of, you know, hey, this is wrong on both accounts. So don't don't do either of these. Yeah. So if you have like teenage kids or siblings or nieces or nephews or friends that are watching this kind of movie, or you are a teenager yourself and you're watching this film, um, take it from someone who's only a few years older than you, okay? This kind of situation is really not healthy. If you find yourself in this kind of situation, reevaluate, take a step back, maybe take a few days away from that person that you're with and open the discussion with someone who might know, who might have a bit more life experience with you. And if you are the person that has life experience, this is a good film to sit down and watch with someone who you might notice is in unhealthy relationship as a teenager. Watch this with them. Use this as a discussion piece because I feel like it is a really good talking point to just get those conversations going. Mm-hmm. And it's anime. Who doesn't want to talk about shit with anime? Exactly. Like, you know, perfect, you know, watch and discuss type scenario. Yeah, it it's a good door opening conversation scene because it's not healthy, but it's also not graphic or terribly scary or whatever. It's just kind of unfortunately realistic. Mm-hmm. And then Sakura gets hospitalized immediately thereafter. She doesn't come back to school because she plays it off as some tests came back poorly. Yeah, she says that uh, some tests came back poorly and she tells her friends that she has appendicitis, Mm -hmm. which I've never had. Have you had appendicitis? I have not, but I have people around me that have had it and you don't get hospitalized for nearly as long, but you still get hospitalized and she, like, she definitely played it off with the IV and everything that she could have had it. So she she played it off relatively well. Yeah, I feel like the only way you could get hospitalized for that long if you had it is if your appendix actually burst and you got an infection. Yeah, or you had complications at some point or another and something got fucked up somewhere along the way. Yeah, so I feel like it's possible to play it off. But yeah, that's what she tells all her friends. Um, So then Haruki goes to the hospital to go visit her um, because he, he gets a text being like, I'm staying, you know, I get hospitalized and I'm staying for two weeks and he's like, fuck, this is it. Runs to the hospital and catches her dancing, which is adorable. And then he ends up asked. They play a game of Truvadere again, but just like one round this time. And he wins. And so he asks her what her meaning of life is, what what life means to her, what living means. And they have a really tender moment of her explaining that life to her means your relationships with other people, how you interact with them, and and you know, how you grow because of the people around you. And while they're having this, like, touching, meaningful conversation where they animated the light through the window really beautifully, Kyoko is standing outside the door, listening, being a creep. Um, <laughs> and, very much being a creep. Yeah. And being very pissed off while being a creep, too. Yes. Yeah, because she still doesn't understand Haruki. She doesn't understand why Sakura all of a sudden 
took a liking to some random quiet dude in the classroom when she seemingly had the perfect boyfriend and the perfect friend group and all of a sudden she's ditching Kyoko and broke up with a boyfriend and all this other kinds of stuff and is hanging out with this loner dude in the class who everyone calls a stalker and a creep and and weird and and she just doesn't understand Mm -hmm. and she's protective oh yeah and so then like sakura extends out her arms and she's like this isn't like last time she's like i literally have just grown fond of feeling warmth and so they hug and it's sweet because again you see haruki starting to crack just a little bit more Mm. he still doesn't hug her back though he has yet to hug her back yeah, and then Kyoko just busts in, and she's like, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. And Sakura's just like, Kyoko, I'm so glad you came. Oh my god, I've missed you. And she's like mouthing to Haruki to get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, I got you, leave. She's like, she's gonna, she's gonna kill you, while the whole time Kyoko doesn't even give a shit about Sakura. She's like, let me talk to him, I gotta talk to him, I gotta let, talk me him. him. let me get him. Yeah, so then... Uh, oh yeah, and Sakura also mentions during this time that she's sad because she won't get to go to the summer festival because she's going to be stuck in the hospital. Until Haruki gets a text message to be like, hey. Oh, wait, no. Um, Sakura has an interaction with her mom first, doesn't she? Where she... Uh, yeah, her uh, mom becomes a visitor and she's like, hey, so listen, I have a request for when I die. And Sakura's mom's just like, now's not the time to joke about dying. She's like, no. She's like, I... Like, actually, Legitimately though. have a quest. Yeah. And then, boom. A few days later, Haruki gets a text message. Hey, I'm going to have to stay in the hospital two more weeks. You should you should come visit tonight. And he comes and visits, and she's all dressed like she's ready to leave. And she's like, all right, let's go. We're going to go see some fireworks. Well, she doesn't. She didn't say that, does she? She just says we're going somewhere. And then, yeah. yeah and then they. And they're going to see fireworks. Yeah. And then they, they run to a secret spot. And then there's fireworks and it's beautiful. And then she hugs him. And this time is the first time throughout the whole movie. And we're like two hours in at this point where he hugs her back. Mm-hmm. And he just openly admits to her. He's like, look, he's like, I need you. Mm-hmm. And it's like just this, you know, again, I cried again at this point. Because I'm like, character development at its finest. Uh- yeah, I am yet to cry. I am just, I, it's just warm fuzzies at this point. It's cute. Mm-hmm. It is sad. It's bittersweet. The whole film is bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Like every time you see something that's happy, it's tainted. Mm-hmm. Because again, the film opens with the fact that she dies. Like, you mm-hmm. know, right off the rip that she dies yeah. during this film. There's no ifs, ands, or buts around it. Nothing. Yeah. So you're just, you're just kind of waiting. So again, everything just feels kind of bittersweet Mm -hmm. and then it cuts to him on his day off getting a text message from sakura saying hey i'm leaving the hospital we should go hang out and so they go to the cafe that they've gone to we haven't actually mentioned this but they go to this cafe several times throughout the film um that is i think it's just spring cafe or cafe spring cafe spring yeah and they've gone to it several times and it's it's a very quaint cute little cafe and um so he goes to wait for her and they're supposed to meet at like noon Mm-hmm. And um, she ends up leaving a little bit late, so she texts him. She's like, I'm just leaving my house now. And then they're having a, a quick text conversation, and he insults her. And then she says, that's not very nice. Now you have to compliment me to make it make it up to me. He then has this, like, internal monologue of, like, all of the wonderful things that she's done for him. And he wants to, like, become more like her. He wants. To, he says that he wants to take a leaf out of her book. 
but he doesn't feel like that explains Hayes' emotions well enough. So he texts her back saying, I want to eat your pancreas. And then he sits there and he waits and he waits and he waits. And then the cafe closes at six and um, he hasn't heard from her and he's obviously feeling very down. He's just been stood up. So he's like not feeling great. So he goes home and as he walks through the door, um, his parents have the news on in the background and he's like eating food and chilling and stuff. And then the news broadcast says that the serial killer or serial attacker that has been on the streets has claimed another victim and has been arrested. And his victim was 17-year-old Sakura Yamauchi. And uh, she was dead on arrival, dead on the scene. So he then appropriately loses his shit because she also just promised him like during the fireworks as well because he she scared him with the two-week stay thing that she just promised him that she will let him know before she's gonna die and obviously she didn't die the way that they thought she was going to so sad sorry i'm okay i'm not tearing up everything is fine yeah so i'm okay (laughs) so at this point i feel like this is when the tears are supposed to start but i was just sitting there like blink blink i'm shocked so i didn't cry (laughs) and i mean again like i cried a little bit whenever i read the light novel at this point like i think i got teary-eyed watching it through this time Mm. but i didn't cry just yet because i know what's coming and what's coming is what absolutely fucked my world to shreds I think I'm going to sneeze. No, I'm not going to sneeze. Oh, fuck. I hate when they do that. Uh, don't you just love having your sneezes cock blocked? <laughs> yeah, I finally got blue balls. Yeah, like it's just, it's the worst feeling ever. Like, just let me sneeze. Yeah. Sneezing is like such a relief. Like, don't fuck with me that way. Uh, oh my God. Now my eyes are all teary and I didn't even get the satisfaction of sneezing. Rude. Rude. And so because of everything that happened and how he felt, like he didn't go to her funeral. Or anything like that, because he couldn't process everything that had happened. Yeah, for 10 and days, so, he was just in his room, reading her favorite book. Yeah, which also, because like, again, he said he he read books in the order that they were placed on a shelf. Mm-hmm. So, And he felt guilt, because for one, she had lied to him that she would let him know when she was going to die, which again, couldn't be helped. He realized that, blah, 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 anyway. And that he would return her favorite book and let her know what he thought before she died. Mm. Again, like, broke my heart whenever that was still, because it made a point to show that on his shelf when she died. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, my heart. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's also, what kind of psychopath reads books in order of what they are on a shelf? I'm sorry, but like, no. Uh, hey man, he's he, he's weird. Okay, he's weird. I mean, I get it. People are particular. I am so not that that is such a foreign concept to me. I will look at a bookshelf and pick something at random. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's. I mean, look look at our anime cues and how much on that shit actually gets watched. Honestly, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, we are we are both. I feel random. like I'm better about books. Than I am about anime. Anime, I have a whole list of shit I want to watch. And I'm like, ooh, what's this? Let's watch this instead. No, I'm the worst with books. Every time I go to a bookstore, I'll buy a new book and not read it. Like, it's... That, that is just you to a T. Like, yeah. nothing about that surprises me in any way, shape, form, or fashion. No, it's either I will be reading it in the car on the way home from the bookstore. I don't drive, so that's... I'm not reading and driving, I promise. Um, <laughs> or... I will not touch it for like four years and then I will discover it again and then I will read it after I've just bought another book that I should be reading because I just bought it. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. I don't read things the way that they should be read. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah. So you actually read your books backwards to forwards instead of forwards to backwards. I do. Anyway. I start at the end. It's more fun. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Cool. Now how does this start? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's just shocking. It, this is where I thought that it would be like um, Buddy Girl Senpai. Because mm. this is a spoiler for Bunny Girl Senpai. If you haven't seen Bunny Girl Senpai, this is a spoiler. Fair warning. But the scene with the bus where he's like, I'm going to go mm. and run and like take her place and shit. That's such a stereotypical kind of anime plotline of hero person going to take place. And, and it's also not. I feel like it's done a lot. Um, What is it? In... Uh, there's that film about cancer. Um, actually, there's two films about cancer that I want to that I I can relate this to. Uh, but there's the My Sister's Keeper, where mm-hmm. the girl in the book is very. Di- it's a very different book. This is a spoiler for My Sister's Keeper. The book is apparently very different. I haven't read the book myself, but somebody, one of my friends, did and said that it was so different from the film because in the film, the sister dies and goes to heaven or whatever and the younger sister gets her emancipation and doesn't have to give her her organs in the book the younger sister gets into a car accident and then they harvest her organs to give to the older sister and cure her of her cancer so one of the sisters dies in either one but in the movie it's different to the book in this i was half thinking because it's obvious that something is going to happen with this murderer if you watch the subbed because it's so prominent throughout the way that they, like, the film progresses. It's not a subtle foreshadowing. I was thinking, at least if it's gonna happen, like, if they, if he stabs her, that Haruki is gonna be around, you know? Like, we're gonna be seeing it from Haruki's perspective. I did not think at all that he would just find out later, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, that makes so much more sense. Like, that is more, I mean, obviously, what's the chances of you getting stabbed in the street anyway? But, like, also... You wouldn't be next to her, chances are. Right. But I mean, hey, at least on the bright side, we know that Sakura got isekai'd and turned into a slime in some future anime. Yeah. But also, (laughs) poor Haruki, for like, if, because like, how much guilt would he be feeling about the fact that he told her where they were going to hang out? Like, he was the one who requested the place. Like, he was texting her and then didn't follow up when she stopped texting him. He waited at the cafe for six hours and didn't clue in to anything, mm. you know? Like, the, ima- the amount of guilt that he must be feeling, that he's putting on himself, because obviously he is not guilty in that situation at all, but, like, I understand how people who go through traumatic things think. Mm-hmm. My God, he must be blaming himself in so many different ways, which also, like, uh, so sad. Yeah. So sad. So then he goes, finally gets the courage after ten days to go and say goodbye to her, and... He, uh, yeah, goes to her house to uh, the shrine that they set up for her and he says his goodbyes and then he starts talking to her, to Sakura's mom, um, and talking about her and the things that she's done and he asks if he can read her diary, her living with dying diary. And then Sakura's mom breaks down and says, you came, I'm so glad that I held out. And then we learn of what Sakura said in the hospital to her mom of saying, hey, somebody is going to come. He is not probably going to come to the funeral, but he will come afterwards. I want you to give him this book. He's going to know the name of it. I want you to give him this book. He is the only person that knows about my illness. And so then they sit at the kitchen table and he reads the diary 
of all of their experiences together. Then he gets to the last entry and he thinks that's everything. But then Sakura's mom says, she actually wrote you a letter as well in there. And so then he skips to the letter and he reads that. And then there's this like Alice in Wonderland style scene thing where they're like, she's in a pretty green dress and it's kind of like an acid trip. <laughs> it's like a, like, they changed the animation style to like a crayon style shading yeah. animation. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, it's really pretty mm -hmm. for what it is. Like, I love what they did, but it was definitely different from anything else in the film. Yeah. But also, I think it's like a good, like, showing of like what's in her head, like her imagination running wild with it. Mm -hmm. But again, like, while that's being read, like, I just feel tears, like, welling up from her going through everything. Because she explains everything to him. Like, you know, I was interested in you well before we met, but I didn't know how to approach you. And then after you found out about my illness, like, I finally felt free. Like, I was free around you and I could truly be myself and not have to worry about you you know, judging me or changing how you're going to react towards me by knowing this. Yeah, you and... wouldn't tread carefully around me or, like, watch what you say or anything. Yeah, and she was just like, you know, thank you, and I wish I could be more like you. I just be more blunt and honest about everything and how I feel instead of, you know, being afraid. And be okay on my own. That's another thing that she admired about him is... Is that she yeah. said that her best qualities came out when she was surrounded by people, but he was just fine on his own. And she was like, you were the only person that was okay on their own out of everybody. And this is also where she explained, like, I just wanted you to be able to make friends. Mm -hmm. She's like, I wanted you to, you know, make friends with Kyoko and other people and, you know, just, you know, finally not have to be alone. Mm -hmm. So she's like, even after I'm gone, like, I want you to... You know, I want you to be okay. Mm -hmm. And so after he finishes reading all of that, he pushes Living With Dying back across the table and he asks Sakura's mom if it's okay for him to cry. In the diary, she says that she wants to take a leaf out of his book, but she doesn't feel like that expresses their relationship enough. So she writes down, I feel like what better describes our dynamic is... I want to eat your pancreas. And so then he asks to see her cell phone and he scrolls through all of her messages to find the last message that he sent her and it's on red. So she did actually see his last message to her, I want to eat your pancreas. So that's like a moment of them being on the same page and understanding each other completely for the first time. Mm -hmm. And then he asks her mom if it's okay, if he can cry. Sadness! You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to carry on. I'm trying to compose myself over here. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm okay. So yeah, he breaks down, sobs, and I. Yeah, it's it's just like a release of emotion for him. It's just him being angry and frustrated and upset and hurt and thankful and you know happy that he got this. That she got to see it. That she got to see the, the message and. And that she understood him. Probably a lot of regret and guilt. And, you know, it's just an overload of emotion um, mm. that all of a sudden comes out during this time. So then we are back in the cafe. Oh, and also um, his name. We learn about his name during this time as well. 
um, it's finally, like, said that his name is Haruki, which means spring, or springtime, and of course she's Sakura, which is cherry blossom, and so during this, like, monologue time, she was talking about how they were meant to be together, their choices were, were meant to have aligned together, because they are a match, their names are a match, mm-hmm. which is cute. Yeah, because his name translates to spring tree, mm. and her name is cherry blossom, mm. and so, you know, like, Cherry Blossom is a spring tree. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so then we're in the spring cafe, and Haruki has asked Kyoko to come to the cafe because Sakura gave him the option to ch- choose whether or not he wanted to show the diary to anybody, and he decides that he wants to show Kyoko the diary. So he invites her over, and she is volatile, angry, not happy, and then he shows her the diary. And she slaps him, and she's really mean, and then she just breaks down. And she's like, why didn't she tell me? And he, she gives him the diary, and she reads that obviously she didn't want their relationship to change, she just wanted them to be friends, and uh, she understands that. And then she gets really angry at him, because he didn't tell her. And she's like, why did you not tell me? I understand why she didn't, but why did you not? And, which, obviously, the answer is simple, because he gave Sakura his word that he wouldn't, and, like, that's betrayal. But, like, I understand why she's angry as well, she just lost her best friend. And she leaves, and storms off, and then he chases after her, and he says, I I want you to forgive me, I want to be friends. And then I can't remember what happens. So, that is... The end? He's like, look, I want us... Yeah, he's like, I want us to be friends, and if it's okay, one day... We should go have dinner with Sakura's parents yes. because that's what Sakura's mom wanted. Mm-hmm. And then credits. Yes. And, and so at that point, you're just left with just like, no, give me more. Yeah. And then if you sit through the credits, there is a post credit scene. Yeah. And it's Haruki and Kyoko going to Sakura's grave for the first, to pay their respects. Yeah. It's like for the first death anniversary. Mm hmm. And it comes to find out that they are actually going to Sakura's parents to have dinner. Mm-hmm. And Sakura, or not Sakura, but Kyoko also hints that, you know, she's kind of taking a liking to gum all of a sudden. Yeah, which is... And uh, so... Miata is best boy of the film. Like, he's so cute. Oh, 100% best boy. Um, And I ship them because he is so chill and, like, free and, like, he's, like, totally one of those dudes, you know, where he just goes with the mm. flow. And I feel like he would be a really complimentary person to someone who is kind of as controlling as Kyoko. Mm. I feel like they, they would be a good fit. Yeah. And um, Haruki, has, uh, his hair is shorter, which I feel like just, I don't know, for me, it kind of personally symbolizes um, his interaction with people his hair isn't in his eyes as much it's not over his ears as much he's clearly seeing and listening more that's kind of how i interpreted the haircut was like him being more visible to the world and he's kind of taken Mm. away a physical shield to his protective face you know yeah and again it just shows growth yeah and then that's the actual credits Mm -hmm. yeah well then there's no more credits it ends (laughs) you get my point yeah that's the end i cried when did i cry i cried i think it was during the cafe scene just when he was sitting there by himself just waiting mm-hmm. before kyoko came i think that's when i shed a couple tears so it's like after the release of big emotions it was like okay now he's just sad and alone again and i was like ah oh, tear <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. I eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half. I was gonna say, I kind of figure that's what you're gonna go for. Mm-hmm. I think the um, Alice in Wonderland, uh, Alice in Wonderland dream sequence style reflection of her letter. I understood. I I definitely got the symbolism of um, it being like a storybook, like he always reads and him interpreting that for her words and going to his imagination and her childlike expression and and innocence and the whole like I understood where they were going with it I did find that because of it though I was more conscious of the animation that I think I should have been during a moment that was supposed to be as emotional as that because of the animation change if that makes sense like it kind of took me out of the story a little bit because I was like oh the animation's changed you know see for me I just found like the animation change kind of captivating yeah because it was so different so I was like oh like, so this is what it was like in her head, in a sense. Yeah. I I found that it, it took me out of the story a little bit. I don't think that it was a necessarily a bad thing, because it's beautifully done. But I did find that it did make me more conscious of the production as opposed to the story. Um, which I personally am not a fan of when something is supposed to be as emotional as this. I found, like, like if it wasn't necessarily... Uh, I feel like there could have been... If it had been threaded through more, like if whenever he was reading something, the animation style changed to that style, or if any, if she ever did something that was like especially playful or cute or something, or a reflection, if it had been threaded through the beginning a little bit more, I don't feel like I would have found it as jarring. Not that I found it jarring, I just found it, like I just was conscious of it, you know? So on the topic of growth Mm. look at you actually finding issue with animation for once i know right (laughs) uh yeah i don't know i really like the character design i kind of like that they're both pretty simple like that all of the characters physicalities are pretty simple and they spent more time with like outfits and clothing and background and stuff Mm -hmm. i don't know i i kind of liked that they all looked very sweet i thought the voice acting was great throughout it i Mm -hmm. i never like was brought out of it because of a weird voice Yeah, I don't know. I felt, I didn't feel like when it was dark, I didn't feel like it was ever too dark to where you ended up with like reflection issues on the screen. Um, Because I did watch it on my laptop in a sunny room and I still found that I was able to see everything well, which I appreciate, but I still found that it was like dark and gloomy in atmosphere. Even if the screen wasn't actually dark and gloomy, it was still like gray and rainy and which I appreciate. I watch things in bright rooms all the time. We have a lot of windows. So when it's snowy outside, everything is bright white. <laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. I find it hard to watch dark things. I'm trying to think. What else? I don't know. What about you? Guess my rating. Ten? No. Nine and a half? No. Nine? No. Eight and a half? Bingo. <laughs> you with me? With the eight and a half? So I'm right there with you. And yeah. the reason being, the light novel, I give a ten. Hands down. Because I love everything they did with it. Mm-hmm. For an adaptation... Because of that one scene alone, I take most of my issues to where I can't even give it a nine because of that scene. I feel like everything else they executed beautifully. The story they told was phenomenal. They stayed true to the light novel to the very end. I have another thing that I took issue with that brought me out of the story. Sorry, I interrupted you. Um, So what were you going with? Oh, yeah. um, You know when uh, Haruki gets punched by Takahiro? Uh Uh-huh. She pulls the um, handkerchief away and it has, like, red blood on it. First of all, that red blood is not blood-coloured. But second of all, he had no injury. Well, his 
face was, or his, like, hair was actually covering his face, too. Yeah. But, like, could you have not- It was also raining, so, Could you not have just, like, given him a little smudge? Something? Please? I mean, it hit his face, so I can't take issue with that. I again, I like he was like purposefully hiding his face because he didn't even want to remotely look at her whenever all that was happening. I take issue with it. Give and she him did a wipe the blood lip. away because it did show the blood running down his face, and then she wiped it away. So yeah. you know, still, uh huh. Yeah. With one look swipe who's of a dry handkerchief, about animation. With one swipe of a dry handkerchief or a damp from raindrops handkerchief, it wouldn't have gotten that all off in one go. Blood look smudges gets everywhere. Taking Look who's taking issue with animation. I am. That bugged me. I do it. Uh-huh, yeah. Again, it's another uh, one of those things that made me conscious of production. I don't ever want to be conscious of production when put into an emotional story. All right, cynical podcast brain. Let's tone it down a little bit. Okay, fine. <laughs> but no, it, it's good because this is shit starting off that you probably wouldn't have paid much attention to. So look at you go. I know. I know. And I'm just going to find something to give you shit about one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> I already have one brother. I don't need another one. Ouch. Just kidding. <laughs> At this point, I talk to you probably as much as I talk to my actual brother. So, you know. We talk once a week. Yeah, my brother is. A... And you live with your actual brother. I live with my actual brother. But my actual uh, my actual brother and I have a very silent communication type of relationship. Uh-huh. Yeah, like quite often, most of our conversations happen just through looks. I mean, I was going to say, because most of the time, like, our relationship is me just pestering the shit out of you with stupid shit and TikToks to get absolutely no response until it's the day of recording. Then it's like, oh, hey, let's catch up on everything. Yeah, because I don't know how to interact with people like a normal human being. Neither do I. No, honestly, our relationship is perfect, though, because I go, I'm going to respond to that message and never, never get around to it. But because you keep messaging me, like, that's that's I, that's what I need. As someone with ADHD, I need someone who is pestering, because otherwise I just don't talk to people. Like, the amount of people that I have to respond to that I haven't, it's insane. It's actually insane. Because I go, I'm going to get around to that, and then I don't. <laughs> I do get, I get, I I try. Um, Again, I'm just giving you shit just because it's hilarious. I know. <laughs> the wheels on the bus go round and round. <laughs> I think that's another one of those songs that's different in the US than it is in the UK. Oh? I'm try- what, are the- what are the lyrics to your version? The wheels on the bus go round and round? No, but like the next bit. Round and round. <laughs> <laughs> no, after you, get- after you do that bit, you're a, you're a butt. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Round and round. <laughs> Screw you! <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it is in the UK. Yeah, it's different. You say all through the town, and I say all day long. But that just breaks the cadence. I don't know why. That's just what I learned. Again, I'm not, you know, I don't know. That just breaks the cadence. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like it just doesn't sound right to my head. All through the town, and all day long. I'm fairly certain. All day long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hard no. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> oh. Eight and a half for both of us. Yeah, eight and a half. Because <laughs> I don't like the film adaptation because of its perspective. Mm. That's it. Otherwise, really good film. I can highly recommend it to, you know, show to people, especially as an introduction to anime. Because it's really good. Mm-hmm. 
And it touches on a lot of subjects that I feel like are important for, you know, teenagers in their, you know, emotional puberty state to, you know, actually have to sit down and work out. Yes. Yeah. Best thing to do in situation. Well, not necessarily best thing to do because each situation is different, but like try and just walk away. Yeah. Separate yourself from the situation entirely. Yeah. But other than that, solid film. Really liked it. It's time to go into those plugs. Yeah, Blue, that voice that you hear with me, me, the lovely one, not not the shitty one that you're hearing now. Aww. She is on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Blue Lavender. She does not stream now. She may get back to it eventually. She may not. Who the fuck knows? Mm. I don't know. Anyway, she also has an Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM, where she posts life updates, art updates, all that other fun stuff, along with an Instagram for her dog Tilly at the best Tilly Bean to where if you like doggo photos... That's the best place to go, because Bean is absolutely adorable. Yeah, and if you like Brad, who is the wonderful voice that is joining you today, no matter what he says, you can find him kind of all over the place right now, but he is spending a good amount of time on Twitch at Brad Carter Gaming, where you can hear all of his fun different accents, and the GTA server roleplay shit that we were talking about earlier is all on there as well, which is fun! And you can also find him on Instagram at Gaming as well, under the same handle, where he posts, I don't know, shit sometimes. And he also runs our Instagram and Twitter um, for the podcast at BNB Anime. We are BNB Anime on all of our socials across the board. So if you're interested in trying to find us, just search that in and we'll pop up. We also have a YouTube channel where we post all of our previously archived episodes with fancy thumbnails. Shit goes up on there. I don't know. There's a comment section. You can talk about stuff. I feel like I'm being extra sweary today. It's a fun time. And then we have a website, which is www.bnbanime.com, where we have, again, all of our previously archived episodes with buttons to clicky to your favorite listening platforms for your easy download, or you can down them straight, download them straight off of the website. We also have behind-the-scenes stuff, links to our IMDb pages, because both Brad and I are voice actors. We have friends of the podcast. We have art stuff on the on the website there's a bunch of different stuff on there and there is also again a comment section on there where you can answer our questions give your opinions let us know what you think of the show if you have any recommendations of what we should cover in the future um whether or not you agree with us because like i've said before and i'll say it again we are just two idiots that like anime we have no qualifications so if you disagree with something that we have said let us know we love that healthy conversation and communication with you guys about your opinions on these shows and and what you thought of them as well what you rate them yeah so so drop us things in those comment sections those dms um, no matter where you are on whatever listening platform, we will find them. We will read them. We love to see them. And yeah. So thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week is the absolutely fabled episode 69. So next week is going to be about a show that has the most plot out of anything that we have covered at this point. Yeah. Should it is it entirely plot driven. 100%. Yeah. Um, it is a sports anime of sort, from yeah. what I recall from screenshots. Um, mm-hmm. it deals very heavily in hand-to-hand combat and martial arts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are we going to leave it at that? And is that where we're going to leave it? Yeah, yeah, because I don't... 
I'm trying to make it sound as professional as possible while also using my tone to just make it sound like I'm the biggest fucking liar on the planet. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is something that I watched when it first came out because it sounded hilarious. Um, it is something that I don't remember much about, if I'm completely honest. And I'm hoping that it is just what I remember and that I haven't accidentally sent Brad to watch some hentai. So... <laughs> <coughs> Hopefully, because it's on Crunchyroll, it's I, not. No, I don't hentai. think it is. I don't think Although it is. Although Crunchyroll has the testament of Sister New Devil on there, and that is hentai. So I think it's up for debate uh, at yeah. this point. We will see. I genu like I don't remember it being hentai, but like I said before, it was a fever dream when I watched this. It it my brother sent it to me as a joke because he loves the fact that I am bisexual, and so he sends me female anime characters in skimpy outfits for jokes. This was one that he sent me when he first saw the trailer. I watched it. I don't remember <laughs> much about it. We will see. So I will have a report next week on whether we are actually covering hentai or not. So topic of next week's anime still up for debate. However, yeah. <laughs> we're going to be watching Keijo with a metric fuck ton of exclamation marks. Yes. We may or may not have an episode next week. If we don't, you know what happened. Yeah, episode 69 is just going to go up as just a technical difficulties yeah. screen with like a long beep. Yeah. And that's it, because otherwise TOS is going to take us the fuck down, depending on what we're watching. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we will see. Uh, wish us luck. We're going to need it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But until then, we'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.